Welcome back to another episode of the Goodbye July podcast. Today, we're talking about one of my favorite financial topics that actually isn't spoken about very often, which is employer benefits. I always find it interesting how many of us focus on the benefits when we're first considering a job, but then if you're anything like me, we get so busy doing the job itself that we forget to use, optimize, or even just understand all the different benefits we have especially the confusing acronym ones, right? Well, in any case, it wasn't until I used my benefits package to negotiate a raise four times the national average that I personally realized just how much benefits truly translate into money. And that's when I got serious about understanding not just some, but all of my benefits and getting strategic. So today, I would like to touch on three of them in particular. Three that, if you have and or are utilizing them, means that congratulations, you are already investing whether you realize it or not. So let's jump into today's episode where we'll demystify the 401k, ESPP, and RSU. Hey, my name is Jessica Tolar and I'm obsessed with all things passive income, productivity, entrepreneurship, and building a life where you make the rules. I'm a normal girl who took a free money class, asked a corporate executive how she retired early, and used that knowledge to build a seven-figure net worth, quit my nine-to-five, and now run an online business from countries around the world. I teach you the simple but effective secrets to building a life you adore. Think I'm special? No way. If I did it, so can you. Money, mindset, life hacks, hardship, growth, and planning are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as a weekly coffee date with a close girlfriend where you talk about the finance and business knowledge it'll take to make your dreams a reality. So take a seat, get comfortable, and prepare to be challenged and cheered on while you learn. This is the Goodbye July Podcast. If you're ready to build a solid financial strategy, it all begins with a financial dashboard, more commonly known as a budget, because you cannot be strategic with your money until you first know exactly what's coming in and what's going out regularly on an ongoing basis. And it's not a matter of creating a budget once. It's creating a budget that is repeatable, consistent, organized, proactive, and one that has helped others successfully hit their goal of creating multiple sources of income in their lives. And you better believe I have one that hits all the marks. It's the template I've used for more than 10 years, the one I use with all my private wealth clients, and the one that has been foundational to the creation of a seven-figure net worth, multiple six figures of passive income, and a five-figure debt payoff. After the initial setup, it's 90% rinse and repeat month after month, and the insight it provides you is insanely valuable. Consider it your North Star for making wise financial decisions and your treasure map that takes you from where you're at now to the exact life you want. Get your copy of my all-time favorite tool, the Repeatable Financial Dashboard, plus a mini training to help you get set up at jessicatoller.com slash buildmybudget. It's so good, and I can't wait to see what you think. Okay, let's get back to today's episode. Before we dive in, it's time for my two-minute mini-segment, Expats in El Salvador, 
a behind-the-scenes look into our lives here in Central America. We had a busy week, and it is going to be tough to fit this all into two minutes, but I will do my best. So first up, our dog Beagle, which, yes, is the name of our Beagle. We had two of his teeth removed, and I was carrying him from the car to the house because he was still feeling anesthesia, which that is something that's different here in El Salvador. They will let you take your pet home immediately after surgery to recover at home with you rather than leaving them at the vet. And when I was carrying him, my foot caught on one of our concrete stairs coming from our driveway, and I fell hard, harder than I've fallen in a long time, and I destroyed my right knee and elbow. Luckily, Beagle was fine and simply drunk walked away from me, but I've been hobbling around for about a week and not allowed to get into the ocean, but I did manage to sneak away for a day with Corey to ride our motorcycles through the mountains and into the city which was my first time practicing in super heavy city traffic here, which certainly felt like a win. And although I've been land bound, it worked out because I really needed to focus on finishing out my course, Investor Prep School, which has been my biggest priority this past week, and it is officially done. This is something I could not be more proud of because now my students have full access to all of the modules they need to set up a truly hands-off automated investing system that positions them to grow their money on autopilot while they're out living their lives. Truly, I could not be more excited about this and I cannot wait to release it again in the future. So if you want to be notified when it's open again, hop on the wait list at jessicatoller.com invest. And if you happen to be listening to this during a period of open enrollment, that link will redirect you to a page where you can sign up. In any case, that was the highest high and my fall was quite literally the lowest low. And in between all of that were just all of the little quirks of El Salvador itself. The hour of traffic I sat in while I took Beagle to his follow-up vet appointment because they're expanding the roads. The electricity, which has been acting crazy at our house and finally just gave up last night. And most importantly, the election, which brings in five more years under El Salvador's President Bukele and thousands of overjoyed Salvadorans who re-elected him in what's been described as by a landslide. I wasn't here when the gangs were running things, but I've heard horrifying stories from our local friends. However, what I can say is I've personally never felt unsafe in this country, not even once. So if you ever get the itch to come check out this impressive little piece of the world with its beautiful beaches, deeply kind and gentle people, and its current president who has utterly transformed a country that was once known as the murder capital of the world, I recommend you come and see for yourself because I suspect you won't be disappointed. All right, I may have run a bit long, but whew, what a week. In any case, I am ready to get into today's topic, and I hope you are too, because we are going to talk about three employer benefits that technically make you an investor. So first up, let's discuss one of the most common employer benefits and the one you've most likely heard of, the 401k. You may or may not know that this is a type of retirement plan, but let's talk about what that actually means. First, there's a term I would like you to learn. In the same way your bank is like a middleman between you and your everyday transactions, a brokerage account is like the middleman between you and purchases you make in the stock market. So with a normal bank, you deposit money, then you go spend that money, whether it's online or in the real world. And with a brokerage account, you deposit money, and then that money is used to buy investments from the stock market. Okay? 
So think of a 401k like a special type of brokerage account where your money goes to buy investments from the stock market, except unlike regular brokerage accounts, you cannot take your money out of a 401k until you are 59 and a half years old without a penalty. Now, depending on when you're listening to this episode, this age may have changed, but the idea is you cannot withdraw money from this account without facing a fine until you are of or near the generally accepted retirement age. And that's what makes it a retirement account. Okay. Again, this is your account and it's your money and you can take money out of it if you must. However, because this type of account is meant to be for retirement, it is set up to encourage you to leave your investments alone to grow for years and years and years before you take anything out. And the way they encourage you to leave those savings alone is with that big old fine if you pull it out early. So if you have and are using your 401k, congratulations, because that means you are already investing and that's great. Although you cannot use that money until retirement, again, without facing a hefty fine, this is a fantastic first step. So before moving on, there are three things I highly recommend you do when it comes to a 401k. First, of course, to find out if your company offers a 401k, if you're allowed to use it, and if you're already contributing to it every month out of your paycheck. So a really easy way to figure this out is to go ahead and look at your pay stub and see if there's money being removed for your 401k. And if you're not sure, ask an HR representative to help you. Second, find out if your employer offers a 401k match and consider contributing at least that much to your 401k to avoid leaving money on the table. And if you're not familiar with this, this is how it works. So to encourage you to save for retirement, some employers will match your contributions up to a certain percentage of your annual income. It's usually three to 6% as of now. So here's an example. Let's say you make 100K a year and your employer matches 3%. 3% of 100,000 is 3,000. So that means if you contributed 3,000 over the course of a year, which is about $250 a month, to your 401k, your employer would also contribute 3,000, meaning total contributions to your 401k would be $6,000. 3,000 from you and 3,000 from your employer. Any additional contributions you make over that $3,000 would not be matched. Number three, remember how I said a brokerage account is like the middleman between you and the stock market. It's the place where your contributions go. In other words, where you deposit money so that it can go into the stock market. So it's the same with the 401k. This is important. So listen up. That means there is another step. You do not simply contribute money to your 401k and it's done. Okay. You need to go into your 401k account and make sure that money is actually invested. This is critical and so important. And I've seen so many people make this mistake thinking that their money was invested when it actually wasn't. And in fact, it was simply sitting in just another account, not growing or gaining that good compound interest at all hugely important. So open your 401k, make sure your money's invested and it's not just sitting there in cash in a brokerage account. All right, let's talk about the second benefit that can make you an investor. Number two is an ESPP, which stands for an employee stock purchase plan. 
And ESPP is a program employers offer allowing eligible employees to buy company stock at a discount. So in my past corporate experience, the stock was discounted usually around 15%. So here's how this works. First, you see if you're eligible to participate, and if so, whether or not you're already signed up. If not, you'll likely need to figure out when the enrollment period is because typically you cannot just sign up whenever you want. It usually happens once or twice a year. When you enroll, you select how much of your paycheck you want to contribute to the ESPP, and for some time, let's call it six months, that amount is then taken from your paycheck and held separately for you. After the designated period, your company will take all of that money they've been saving up for you for the past six months, and they will buy company stock with it at the discounted rate. Again, let's call it 15%. Here's how that helps you and why your company does it. The reason it helps you is that since your money is used to buy stock at a discount, the moment it moves under your ownership, it's already worth more than you paid for it. So you can sell it for a profit minus applicable taxes, of course. Or if you think the price may continue to increase, you can hold it. But either way, you're getting it cheaper than anyone else can get it on the day of the purchase. The reason your company offers this to you is because when you own stocks, also known as shares, that makes you a shareholder. In other words, it makes you a part owner of the company. And as a part owner of the company, no matter how small, you probably want to see the company grow and succeed so that the stock price goes up, which makes you more money because now your stocks are worth more. As a result, you may work harder in your daily job. So that is the incentive for your employer. So if you're interested in participating in your company's ESPP, here are the steps I recommend. First, find out if your company offers an ESPP and whether or not you're already enrolled. An easy way to see if you're enrolled is to simply check your pay stub to see if any money is being removed for an ESPP. If not, find out if you're eligible to participate, and if so, when the next enrollment period is so that you can mark your calendar so you can sign up. You can always check with your HR representative to learn more. Number two, once enrollment opens, decide how much of your paycheck you want to contribute to your ESPP. This will depend on a few things, like how much you can afford to contribute, your belief in the company you're working for and the direction it's headed, and how much of this particular stock you want to hold relative to your other investments, financial strategy, and goals. And number three, take note of that purchase date and on the day, decide whether you want to sell your stocks immediately to gain the profit from the discount you received or hold your stocks in hopes that the value will continue to increase. I do recommend doing a quick online search for tax implications when you sell to ensure you're considering everything. And now let's dig into the third benefit that makes you an investor, which are RSUs, and that stands for Restricted Stock Units. A restricted stock unit is it's a type of compensation issued in the form of company stock, but technically it's a promise for future stock in the company and it's not technically worth anything immediately. So because RSUs are a promise for stock in the future, this is actually a retention technique that the company uses to try to get you to stay on with them as their employee for as long as possible. So here's how this works. 
Let's say you're awarded 100 RSUs that quote unquote vest over the course of four years. That means you have a four year vesting period, which can be thought of simply as a waiting period. So like I said, this is a promise for stock in the future, right? So four years into the future, you'll have all of your stock, okay? But you don't usually have to wait the full vesting period to access all of your stocks from my experience. You normally receive an equal percentage each year. For example, let's say you were awarded those 100 RSUs on January 1st of 2024 with a four-year vesting period. That would likely mean on January 1st of the next year in 2025, you would get 25% of your RSUs. So 25 of your 100 company stocks would officially become yours to do with as you please. You can sell those 25 stocks, hold them, or sell part of them and hold part of them. The point is, at that time, they become yours and you can decide on how you want to act on them. Then you wait another year. And on January 1st of 2026, you get the next 25% of your promised stocks. Then it repeats for the year of 2027. And finally, on January 1st of 2028, you get the final 25% of your promised stocks. Since RSUs are a retention technique, they're usually used as a reward for good performance. In other words, your company wants to keep you around. So if you want all of your stocks, you have to remain an employee of the company until all of your stocks vest or become yours. That's why RSUs are incredibly important to consider if you're thinking of switching employers. Depending on how many you've been promised and your company's stock price, it might be a financial reason to stick around a little while longer. But if it's not worth it to stay, then it's certainly a point of negotiation for your next employer while you're discussing compensation since you'll be missing out on that money that comes from the RSUs you have been promised at your current employer. So here's the big picture. Employer benefits can make up a huge part of your overall compensation, like a huge part, and we all, we all forget this, but it's definitely worth your time to learn about them and how to strategically optimize them so you're getting as much money out of them as possible. Understanding things like taking full advantage of an employer match on a 401k, how an ESPP works, and what you could be missing out on by leaving a company before all your RSUs vest or how you could use that to negotiate a higher pay at your new company, all of this plays a role in how you're paid and ultimately how much money you make, save, and hopefully use to invest to generate even more money moving forward. I always like to leave you with specific next steps, so here's what I would suggest. I'll start with RSUs because they're quite simple. If you want RSUs, you must perform well at work, period. These are handed out to keep high performers from leaving, so you want more information on how to track and prove that you are a high performer and that you are performing well, you can listen to my Goodbye July podcast episode number 39 called Get a Raise, the Anatomy of Your Quarterly Review with Your Boss. Inside this episode, I talk about the importance of aligning on goals with your manager and using those goals to prove you've been performing well and therefore deserve a raise or maybe some RSUs. As for your 401k, I personally think it's wise to take full advantage of your employer match, meaning contributing at least as much as your employer will match to your 401k every paycheck. So you'll need to find out what your employer match percentage is and see what that comes to for your paycheck and whether or not you can afford to contribute that much every single month. 
And if you need help seeing what you can afford to contribute, I highly recommend checking out my financial dashboard, which can help with this specifically and so much more as it provides one place for you to list all of your expenses and income, runs the math for you, and it can show you what you have left over at the end of the month. And that will tell you how much you can afford to put toward your 401k and or invest elsewhere. I'll drop the link to this dashboard in the show notes at jessicatoller.com slash 041. And for your ESPP, it's a bit trickier as it depends on you, your company, and your goals. So for this, I'll simply tell you what I've done in the past. For me, I always participated in the ESPP, and as soon as my stocks were bought at a discount, I would sell some or all of them, depending on the company I was at and if I believed in their performance in the future. But I would always sell at least some. This did have tax implications, but I still came out ahead and I used the profit from the discount to reinvest in my managed investment account where it was automatically distributed across a variety of other investments that did align with my goals. And I did this mainly for two reasons. First, since my company gave employees a 15% discount on purchase price, I knew if I sold the day of the purchase, I would immediately make 15% less taxes whereas I was not sure what would happen if I held the stock longer term. And second, my separate automated investing system was set up according to my personal risk tolerance goals, and it was designed to spread my money across a variety of different stocks to further reduce risk, rather than keeping a lot of money in stock from one single company, that company being my employer, which to me felt risky. Again, the ESPP is a larger conversation, but I do encourage you to learn more about it and what's offered at your company because it is indeed a benefit that you can financially gain from. And if you're curious about the approach that I used for my ESPP gains, you can learn all about how to set up your own automated investing system inside my program, Investor Prep School, which I mentioned earlier in this episode. The goal of the course is for you to build a financial system that positions you to grow your money on autopilot while you're out living your life. You can learn more, join the waitlist, or sign up if enrollment is open, and you can do all of those things at jessicatoller.com invest. So whether you want to focus on taking full advantage of your employer's 401k match, optimizing your ESPP strategy, or improving your performance in hopes of obtaining some RSUs, Now you have specific next steps that can help you get closer to each. At the very least, do some digging to learn more about the benefits in your employer benefits portal, and don't be afraid to reach out to your HR representative for help. Remember, your benefits translate directly to money, especially these three, because they're literally designed so that you can acquire stocks and other assets, which do in fact make you an investor, in case you didn't realize. And those benefits are there for a reason, so don't neglect them. All right, my friend, I hope you learned something new and helpful on today's episode, and I hope you use that knowledge to go take action, action that can ultimately result in more money in your pocket. Thank you for joining me, and until next time, work less, live more, and keep on chasing your wildest dreams. Congratulations on finishing another episode of the Goodbye July podcast. If you want more, head over to jessicatoller.com slash podcast for show notes and any resources mentioned in today's episode. Don't forget to rate the show, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you would, share it with a friend. I believe in a world where we're all financially free, so let's help each other get there. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Goodbye July podcast. 